Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. And if you threw a party and invited everyone that you knew, you would see the biggest gift would be for me. And the card attached would say, Thank you for being a friend. are the ones who don't know what we're fighting for give us a gun and send us all off to war Them a badge so they can send us to the moon. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest episode of I'm No Joke. 
your home for all things combat sports and the place where every armchair quarterback can feel like Dan Bronco. The views and opinions presented on the I'm No Joe channel belong solely to the person expressing them, no one else. If we say it, that means we meant it. That being said, this show does contain adult themes, adult content, and general shit that you shouldn't be letting your kids intake. Be advised, viewer discretion is recommended. Proceed at your own risk. You've been warned. Bienvenue, Power Bottoms, and welcome to the latest episode of the I'm No Joe podcast, the show where every armchair quarterback can feel like Eddie Bravo. Today, as like most days, I have got a glorious panel here with me to break down the shit-talking and shenanigans, the fight announcements, and the fuckery that has shaken down the MMA pipeline since we saw you wonderful folks last. Before we get into all that fun and fuckery, first and foremost, gentlemen, how the hell are you two doing over there? Doing absolutely fantastic. We got a pay-per-view this weekend. Much better than last weekend's card. However, that's not without its flaws. Yeah, I'm I'm still real confused. Just look at looking at some of the people on this pay-per-view. I'm like, wait, what? How'd this guy get here? Yeah, okay. I, I am sure. I am sure there's definitely a little shell shock and uh Yes, that is indeed Fresh 03. For those of you just listening to the audio version of the podcast, the great one himself is back amongst our kind for the evening. <laughs> so, that being said, we will here, kick things here. off as we like to around here. A little bit of news and recent events, all the fight confirmations, rumors have been confirmed, people who have been injured and all the things that are relevant in the fight world that you need to know about. Again, for those of you who are just listening, all of the news that isn't quite show worthy, you can still find over on the I'm No Joe Discord server. Link for that scrolling through the uh, video or down in the description if you are just listening as well. Uh, starting off, unfortunately, this week we have to do a backtrack and look back at last week because starting off last week's fuckery is this week's news. Uh, despite all of the shit talking and there was more than enough of it uh, leading up to it, Manel cop showed up last to weigh in at the very end of the weigh in period and was three and a half pounds overweight with no time to get an extension and try and catch that weight, get it cut off. Uh, he later came out to say that he was sick, but then tried to blame it on his opponent who wouldn't accept a catch weight, knowing that this is also not the first time, even not the first time in a row that cop has failed to make weight for about despite him running his mouth. So unfortunately, we missed out on what could have been a great co-main event last weekend. Luckily, we did get a uh, substantive replacement. Uh, if you didn't see that, I do encourage you to go back and look on the short side of the I'm No Joe YouTube channel. There were reactions for all of the great finishes for last weekend and will be again for this weekend as well. So keep your eye there if you just want the recaps. That being said, uh, speaking of outs, it just can't be break season for anybody in the Suarez household right now. Tatiana Suarez is officially injured and out of her fight February 17th 
against Amanda Lemos. Uh, luckily, Mackenzie Dern is stepping in, so it will now be Mackenzie Dern versus Amanda Lemos in Anaheim, California for that February 17th, 298. Not really sure how I feel about that fight anymore. Wasn't terribly excited about it to begin with, but the replacement's just... I don't know. It's weird. Um, that being said, we've got one that's kind of officially unofficial and i don't generally give those type of news credence on the show but this one i felt kind of warrants it uh because the only reason it hasn't been made officially official i'm guessing is because of the shame game that's happening right now uh what was originally scheduled as the march 3rd saudi arabia quote-unquote fight night that is going to be like a pay-per-view according to one dana white uh, the Saudis are allegedly not happy with that and have forced the UFC to retract that card and reschedule it at a later date with a much better lineup. We have not had official confirmation for that from the UFC. However, I do have a string of announcements that the UFC have made here to show you that they are acknowledging that that happened. Um, apparently, the Saudis were not very happy and are uh, demanding a card sometime in June. So this could prospectively be where they do international fight week this year, instead of in Abu Dhabi or instead of Las Vegas, depending on how these rumors shake loose. We again, haven't had any official confirmation, but I'm guessing that's because the UFC has got their head in the fucking sand quite literally right now. Um, but speaking of Saudi Arabia, February 24th, we have now got confirmation, will be the PFL versus Bellator champion versus champions card taking place, none other than Saudi Arabia. Uh, let me give you a quick rundown. I'm not going to run the whole card down. Let me give you a quick little tidbit of what they have put on this card. Um, main event will be heavyweight PFL champion, Renan Fajaya taking on Bellator heavyweight champion Ryan Bader. Co-main event, PFL light heavyweight champion, which, again, is the 220s. Uh, Impa Kasanganai, still great fucking dude, will be taking on Johnny Eblen at 185 pounds. So I'm definitely fucking here for that. Um, Clarissa Shields is getting trotted out again because contractual obligation I will say, at least this time when they're dragging Biagio Ali Walsh out, he is making his quote-unquote professional debut. They still found him a can to do it against, but at least this time they're dragging him out and they're making it actually count against his record. So there is that. Um, I will say, as of right now, the featured prelim on that card is Aaron Pico versus Gabriel Braga. I'm not 100% sure that fight is going to remain on the card, but I will touch back on that. Later on in the news, we're going to leave that event as it is for right now. That being said, that card is the same night as the UFC's Mexico City card that will be headlined by Brandon Moreno versus Brandon Royval, the rematch that we've all been dying for. So we will see how that card actually plays out, considering the PFL side is going to be a pay-per-view card, but will still be run through ESPN as well as the UFC card. So Interesting bedfellows on that evening for damn sure. That being said, uh, March 1st over in Qatar, one fight night, 166 stamp Fairtex will make her first defense of her new atom weight belt against her former training partner in Denise Zambonga. 
this is one of those you don't need to add fake fucking rivalry. These are literally former training partners now fighting for the belt in one championship. It's going to be a great fucking fight, even if they just build around that fight, that card itself being in cutter, having Stamps' first defense on it to headline it. Feels like they're going to do something real nice with that one. Um, what was originally going to be on the February 17th Anaheim card has now been moved to a main event slot in the Apex in the form of the March 16th Apex card. Now headlining will be Tai Tuivasa versus Marcin Taibura. What was going to be, I'm guessing, probably somewhere in the middle of the main card is now going to be a main event in the Apex. Uh, the following week after that, March 23rd, again, still in the Apex, their main event has been announced. Rose Namajunas versus Amanda Hebas at 125 pounds. Very interesting fight. I don't know if it's main event worthy, but again, we're back in the Apex again for March. And then March 30th, the final week of March, has now been confirmed as UFC Atlantic City, and its main event was confirmed this week in the form of Vicente Luque versus Sean Brady. Again, interesting fight. Not 100% certain it's main event worthy, but also, why does that one go to Atlantic City when the others are in the apex? Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. So, yes, my theory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what's the big what's the big money card right before the all the Apex shows? Because they're clearly cutting budget. That would be the two ninety eight card in uh, Anaheim. <laughs> California will get you, and that's where they just pulled the uh, tied to Ivasa fight off of to make the main event in the apex in the middle of March instead. Huh. It doesn't seem, that still doesn't seem like, it doesn't make, see, I'm confused again. It doesn't make sense. A little weird, right? A little weird. Yeah, there's something, something we don't understand. There's something we don't know. Yeah, there's, there's a piece of this puzzle we still haven't seen yet, but it's not quite in there yet. Yeah. Uh, We did, however, get a trio of pieces to the UFC 300 puzzle that we've all been quietly trying to put together in the back of our heads. Um, Maybe not the pieces that we all wanted, but I think interesting pieces nonetheless here. The first one, uh, April 13th, UFC 300 at the T-Mobile Arena from Las Vegas. Cody Garbrandt versus Figgy Smalls, Davison Figueredo at 135 pounds. I don't know that Cody really deserves that fight, but if he wants that smoke, I'm fairly confident Figgy Smalls still punches more than hard and fast enough. He could find that chin, so I'm okay with that on 300. Then we got one that I I can't say it's a bad fight. I'm just going to say it's not the fight that any of us were expecting or the fight that he asked for, but it is an interesting fight. Uh, Jim Miller is officially on UFC 300, but he's fighting Bobby Green. Dude, they fucking screwed the pooch so bad. He had absolute beautifully perfect call-outs. It was laid out on a silver fucking platter. And everyone in the MMA world agreed. 
but not fucking Dana White. Granted, to Jim Miller's credit, he'll fucking fight anybody. He don't care. Damn right. And to Bobby Green's credit as well, Bobby Green is that guy. Yes, Bobby's always down. It's kind of like they give you this nice fucking porterhouse steak, dangle it in front of you, then quick chuck roast for dinner. Motherfuckers. They, they gave us the McDonald's treatment is what they yeah. did. You see that giant picture of the fucking juicy hamburger on the sign and you order one. And when you get to the window, they give you this smash thing wrapped in paper and send you on your fucking way before you get a chance to realize how bad they fucked you. Yeah, we've all been duped. Like I'm just granted, saying, I, the yeah, Paul Felder thing would have been a lot fight. better. Even I wanted the Paul Felder fight, but I even would have been happy with that fucking Matt Brown fight at 170. Hell yeah. But Bobby Green, like, man, Jim Miller's going to fight whoever you put in front of him. My only hope is that Dana White really backed the truck up to Jim Miller's fucking house to make this really, really worth him taking this. I hope so. We'll we'll see. We'll see. I'm still waiting on the, oh, my God, it's 300 fucking fight on the card. Because there's there's not one yet. We We got one more announcement here. It is the quote-unquote, I'm using air quotes for those of you just listening, quote-unquote, second title fight announced for UFC 300, but still not the main event. There's still supposed to be one more title fight coming that they're going to dangle until this weekend, I think. Uh, But this one is another one of those that a lot of us have heard rumors about, and I'm not going to say it's a bad fight, but again, it's not the fight that I think any of us really wanted. Uh, The BMF title is officially back on the line. Justin Gaethje is going to be defending his BMF belt at 155 pounds against Max Blessed Holloway. This this fight has been rumored for a while. Uh, Max has called for it a couple of times. Gaethje has said he would be down for it, but I, I don't feel like with the landscape of lightweight right now, this is the smart fight to make, especially with Islam being out for a small period of time right now, healing an injury. He's talking about coming back in June. If Justin fights Max in April, there's a very slim chance he comes out uninjured enough to give a legitimate title shot in June. And he should get the next title shot, in my opinion. Yeah. I I just... I well, don't, don't get me wrong. wrong. The fight is exciting itself. But it's not one I wanted to see at all. Exactly. Like it's it not, was, I can't say it's bad, but it's not what we wanted. It, it's nowhere near what you wanted for three hundred. No, like it, it, it's just a hard pass for me. Like I, I'm gonna watch it, but that fight—if you put it out in front of me and said, "Oh, this is gonna be on three hundred, I'd be like hard pass. Yeah, but same. Here we fucking are. Right. Yeah, it's the landscape we're living in right now. So. Yeah, that's, that's why I said I completely understand when Fresh said that he started doing a little more research and was very much confused because the way that things look right now, even those of us who are keeping up with it are a little confused as to how some of this shit got to where the fuck it is right now. Yeah. I mean, I was, I'm looking forward to the to the to what I think is probably going to be the main event. It's going to be for UFC 300. It's going to be uh, Ken Shamrock versus Royce Gracie in the TLC match. I'm, I'm down. I'll buy the t-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you dang, dangle uh, dangle something over the ring, dangle one last yeah. paycheck for for him the over the ring. It's, it's those two, those two. Somebody, somebody's taking a spear off the top of a ladder. Oh, That's all actually, I can say. You know, you know what it's got to be because of Dana White. It's got to be a Nelk Boys bag 
mm. a quarter million cash in one of those shitty white fucking dual handle paper bags just hoisted up above the middle of the fucking ring table leaned against one corner big fucking ladder leaned against the other corner couple folding chairs in the third corner and a referee like this in the fourth yep i like it <laughs> hoist, hoist gracie you know locks him into a triangle choke with a kendo stick it's gonna be beautiful right. it, yeah there's all sorts of potential for that to be fun yeah and the only thing i worry about is ken shamrock's ability to put him through a table that's all i'm worried about it could be a night ender for sure he's not a bills <laughs> fan so he's not made for that <laughs> Yeah, you put a put a fight like that together, Dana White. I guarantee you get some people show up for you know people put some cash out for that pay per view, right? Doing this job for him here, shit. Fuck, man. Um, that being said, though, um, the last one that I've got here, unfortunately, is a more somber piece of news. But uh, I did mention a little earlier we would be coming back to the reason that I don't think. Gabrielle Braga is going to be on that prelim fight in February is because this week down in Brazil, his father had his motorcycle stolen and went by himself into the favelas to go look for it and was mistaken by a local gang leader for a drug mule and shot and killed in the street. Jeez. Um, I don't know if, Gabriel is going to be able to get over something like that in time to be for that fight if he can you better fucking believe I will be rooting for him as much as I am Aaron Pico but I honestly would hope that he takes some time off this is serious and needs to be fucking dealt with on a personal level and the fight will be there waiting but this is why I said earlier I don't know if that fight's going to happen obviously our our thoughts and fucking best intentions are all going out to the Braga family in this fucking time but yeah, Brazil is still having some of this, the crazy problems that they always have, just like the rest of the world is right now. And despite, you know, good periods making some people feel a little too comfortable, there's still crazy shit happening in the world right now. Um, that being said, um, I'm going to end here with basically a, a segment reminder for those of you who are just listening to this in all audio format, because you do get this a week later. Uh, there are no fights next weekend so by the time you guys are hearing this you will be on our bye week we will not have a show next weekend so when we come back for that for that february 3rd card we will be starting the i'm no joe grand prix for the spring over on tapology so we will remind you again later on in the show obviously to uh, make sure you are in there make sure you tell us who the fuck you are so we can make sure you get an invite but i just want to remind everybody who is listening because you will be a week behind everyone who watches these live this is your reminder if you want to get in on that topology the spring grand prix will be starting by the time you hear this so let us know who the fuck you are right now and get your ass in on that uh that being said uh either one of you gentlemen have anything in the news that i might have missed this week Nothing that's worth mentioning here. Yeah, I don't see anything really worth attention here. Good deal. All right. Well, in that case, uh, for season 10, I am forcing myself to remember. I keep forgetting to give you guys the combat sports fight menu for the weekend. The reason to get your salivary glands working the combat sports menu, as it were, for this upcoming weekend starts 
as most weekends do, first thing bright and fucking early tomorrow morning for all of you sun-worshipping lizards, 6.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. One Friday fights, 48 kicks off. Two Muay Thai fights, or excuse me, two MMA fights, 10 Muay Thai fights. Most casuals are not going to know names, but if you want fights with breakfast, there you go. They got you covered. Starting out Saturday, kicking things off noon Central Standard Time, KSW90, one of the European agent, excuse me, agencies that feeds a lot into the UFC. The casual fans will recognize a couple of names on this card, but either way, there's a good chance a good win from this card will get Dana White's attention and get them a potential shot into the UFC. So if you need some lunchtime combat on Saturday, they got you covered with KSW. But then the marquee de raison de saison, the one that we are here to talk about that we will break down a little more in just a little bit, UFC 297 live from Toronto. Early prelims kick off at 5.30 p.m. Central Standard Time Saturday afternoon. So get your fight clocks ready. If you are in with Tapology, that means your picks must be locked in by 4.30, an hour before the fight start, you have to have everything ready, so pay attention, folks. Uh, that being said, this would normally be the point in the show where we have our uh, intrepid young fellow finger the pulse of the MMA world and tell us who's going to be who before they're who they are going to be when you'll know who the fuck they are. But unfortunately, uh, as you may notice, uh, he was not able to make it this evening. Life happens. We understand that. So we will give a, a quick little tribute in his honor here, uh, it, with slow being gone, we are going to say, gentlemen, do you have a can and a contender for this upcoming UFC 297 card that we're looking at? I do, and I'm going to start out very vocal. I'm going to start with a can who should be nowhere near, it, which I'm sure to some people this is going to seem like low-hanging fruit, but I don't give a flying fuck. Can for me, Myra Bueno Silva does not deserve to be in the co-main event as a fucking title challenger for a vacated belt. And I want to make this very known that in the lead-up, as they're interviewing Raquel Pennington, Raquel says, yeah, she's had a four-fight win streak. No, she does not. Once that was removed and annulled because she got caught fucking shit in her system that shouldn't be there, that's that's a fucking loss, period. I don't care if they fucking rule it a no contest or whatever. It's still a fucking, it's a loss in my book. You don't deserve to be there. You don't deserve a shot at the fucking title for that. You deserve to be fucking fighting the top 15 person at best. Now, that out of the way. I'm going to go here for my... Uh, without... Without a shadow of doubt, another low-hanging fruit here. Jillian Robertson. Gotta be my contender. Fucking throat cuddles all day. Coming again, it's Pollyanna Viana. Throat cuddles all day. Let's go. Easy peasy. Oh, there's some other shit on the card, like the Jasmine Judah Vicious and Priscilla Copera. That fight. Fucking throw it entirely into the can category, so... There's some shit out there that to be had that's just absolute trash. Agreed. Presho 3, what you think? Can you find yourself a can and a contender for this here card that we're looking at this weekend? 
Um, <clears throat> TJ's last comment kind of took mine. Uh, Priscilla Cachera probably has no business being on any card at this point. I don't think. Um, I don't, yeah. I just don't, I just this is just I don't like the looks of this fight at all. From what I was able to see of both both ladies this week, I don't. Makes me makes me wonder where. I mean, yeah, Dana goes and picks up his breakfast sandwich at his at his favorite place of choice in Toronto and just rolls somebody into the back of the car and they've got a fight. So it does, yeah. Ah, so, but um, yeah. As far as a contender goes, I mean, I don't know how far Sidey can make it. He's just what I was able to see this week. He, Sidey versus Tavares. It's a. I think it'll probably be kind of a repeat. I'm not sure how far he can make it, but I mean, got some power there. Not afraid of the violence. That'll get you places. So yeah. Generally looking generally looking at the prelims here for for something. Um I mean the rest of the rest of it I just I'm like I said, a lot of it, a lot of this card just has me shaking my head going, where the hell did that come from? Like that I like it hadn't been that long since I watched something. <laughs> but yeah. Um See, I, I'm gonna. I guess I'll go Sidey. I think I think Sidey will get another knockout win, and not not a little bit of an early stoppage this time. I think it'll be a, a little bit more definite. Um, not sure. Like I said, not sure how far he's. Not sure how far he'll he's he'll make it. But I mean, uh, we're looking at up and comers, and he's probably the the up and comerest of the mo of what I'm looking at right now. So I can definitely agree. Yeah, with you that. tell him, Mimi. <laughs> There you go. So, all right, there we go. See, we got the seal of approval. <laughs> <laughs> so, I definitely agree with both you, gentlemen. Here, uh, I I think for mine, both of my pick, uh, I'm gonna round out the prelims here. Actually, uh, for my can of the week, I'm actually gonna go a little controversial, and I'm I'm calling Charles Air Jordan. Uh, I know he is one of the representing Canadians on the card, but I also feel like he has pretty much plateaued in what we have seen of his potential and his ability kind of meeting. He's kind of at that point where they're, they're not really pushing each other any further anymore and they're not really climbing anymore. And I don't in any way want to insinuate that I think Sean Woodson's any kind of a world beater or he's going to come in here and just make light work of this. But I feel like Sean Woodson is well-rounded enough. If he just stays on his bicycle, Jordan will wear himself out getting sloppy and getting crazy, being the unorthodox nonsense thrower that he is always. Um, I feel like he's kind of got himself in a position where the new has worn off and his trick of being goofy isn't working anymore. And I think Woodson's enough of a, a well-rounded dude. I think he's going to give him a lot of fucking problems and probably take it from him if it goes to the judges. On the other side of that, uh, I round out the prelims with my contender for this weekend in Garrett Armfield 
almost for the same reason for his contender here. Uh, I like Brad Katona. I liked him when we first saw him on the Ultimate Fighter. I like him when we saw him back. Uh, I like him as an individual. I think he's a decent fighter overall, but I feel like, again, he's another one of those dudes that came in like a rocket and plateaued real early, and we've seen the best that he's got to offer. We've seen him change camps. We've seen him change styles, and it just he doesn't seem to be able to put it all together in that UFC gear that you have to be able to, whereas Garrett Armfield, on the other hand, just starting to get going, and he's steadily climbing. He's not rocketing. He's not, you know, not Patty Pimbleting his way across. He's adequately, I feel, climbing. And I think Katona could be a good name for him to keep that climb going here. And I think we've seen about the best Katona's got to offer. And I think Armfield can handle that. We'll see. Saturday I'm interested. I'm, sure. I'm, that, that's one of the fights I'm actually really interested in this weekend. Because it's Katona, fun stylistically yeah, and Katona's, it has implications. Yeah, Katona's last fight, I thought I, I thought I was seeing something a little different. And you know, if if you can because it looked like he it looked like he had gotten his, his his game a little bit a little bit his striking game a little bit more in check and it looked like he was a little bit more measured. Um you know, it's one of those things can you you know can you you saw some success with this. Can you can you put it together? So I mean, either of those guys, either I mean, either guys. Yeah, I mean, there's there's certainly an impl implication there. You know, you're getting you're getting a shot. You got you know your main event in the prelims, right? You know, that's the that's the free spot. That's the last free spot. That's the last thing people see before they have to start paying money. Damn right. You know, can you can you put it together? And I I'm interested. Yeah, I like it. I think it's going to be a fun one. Yeah. But that being said, that'll be our uh, tribute to Slow's cans and contender here. So uh, that will bring us to the only segment of the show that does require its own individual disclaimer. <clears throat> me, me, me. Tapology.com does not in any way, shape, or form support, sponsor, or endorse the I'm No Joe podcast yet. That being said, Tapology.com does offer you the option to go onto their site, create a free account, and make fantasy-style MMA picks. You can even make groups on their site. We made one of those groups. It's called I'm No Bookie, all one word, or Group 965, however you need to search it. It is open to the public. You are welcome and encouraged to make yourself an account, join the group, let us know who the fuck you are so you can be held accountable in a little segment we like to call Tapology with TJ. And welcome to the new fucking year. I'm going to get right into the nitty gritty on this. The first card of the year, which was not the card we asked for to start the year. But to be honest, it was much better than it should have been. So that brings us into our fucking picks from last week. And I thought... There was a chance of everything rolling out perfectly for that Anglai Walker card for us to finally dethrone fucking Donna. Nope. Donna is back in the top spot again. 8 of 11, correct. Fucking one decision, two perfects, and one semi-perfect. Now, with that being said, 
myself and Christian were right behind her. The difference between us all was the perfects and semi-perfects. I ended up in second only because I had five semi-perfects, one decision correct. That's five semi-perfects. I damn near called five fights perfectly. But no, people had to finish them in the wrong fucking rounds the right way. I'll take it. Puts me in the second spot. Christian right behind me. Eight of 11 correct as well. Fucking two decisions correct and three semi-perfects. I only beat Christian by five fucking points. Five points, slim margins. What the craziest thing of the year is, though, is Don actually got off to a much better start. Don didn't trip over his dick this week. In fact, it was a pretty fucking neck and neck fight for who was going to trip over their dick for a while. And at one point, it looked like Vindog Booty Hog was going to take first place because he was leading for quite some time. And then there was a spot in there where Meter himself was starting to fucking slip and fall down in the rankings there. But no, then Dog comes in hot at the end, takes the trip over the dick award to start off the fucking year. Don is just happily in the middle of the pack, doesn't even have to worry about it this week. I mean, he's still got to do dishes at home because he still didn't beat the missus. But, you know, it's better than tripping over your dick to start the year. So, congrats to him. And, well, we'll see who trips over their dick next week. Or, well, you'll know in two weeks when we come back. But um, if you're not yet, go over to tapology.com. Sign up. Join our group. I'm no bookie. Group 965. Let us know who you are. We'll talk shit about you. Pat you on the back when you do well. The whole nine yards. And with all of that being said and patting on the back, congratulations to our group for everyone being well over the fucking 500 mark in picks. Everybody was seven or better of 11 this week. So the slim margins to, to fucking take on the top prize in the group this week. So. Well done. Hats off to everybody. What a way to start the year, even on a subpar card. Now, um, with that being said, we're going to go into the odds for this week in our UFC 297 card. Now, I want to point something out very quickly here. Every Canadian on the card, every one of them, is shown as a favorite. With the exception of one, Marc-Andre Burial is the only one, but he's a coin flip. So you have one, two, I think we said seven, seven Canadians on the card this week. Oh. Nope, it's eight. I take that back. There's eight Canadians on the card this week. We missed one. But so there's seven of eight of them that the bookies are giving the odds favor to. Now, little uh asterisk next to that some of those are slim on being the favorite like coin flip odds because for the most part most of this is a coin flip card there's a couple that are worth mentioning i will of course mention the main event because that one doesn't matter but um we're going to do some of these the uh, the wider odds on the card here um 
Jillian Robertson and Pollyanna Viana. Old Throat Carlos herself coming in as a minus 300 favorite to the surprise of no one. Or Viana coming in as a plus 240 underdog. Not super wide odds, but that's about as wide as we're getting on this card is around that 300 mark. Um, the Mike Malat and Neil Magny fight. Another Canadian getting the nod. Like I said, seven, seven of those fucking Canadians getting the nod. Mike Malat coming in as a minus 350 favorite over Neil Magny and a plus 260 underdog. I think those might be a little skewed there. Magny is no walk in the park. He's definitely not what he used to be, but he's there. Oh, um, there was one other one on here that I did want to point out here, and that was the Jasmine Judavicious and Priscilla Cohera fight. Now, this is the one that I said is a fucking throwaway fight. It's cans all around. Fresh agreed there on this one. I think everybody agrees on this. But this is the widest odds on the entire fucking fight card. Again, giving the Canadian a wide margin, Jasmine Judavicious, a minus 400 favorite over a plus 310 in Priscilla Cochera, or Cochera, or fucking whatever that Brazilian fucking name is, doesn't matter, doesn't belong in the UFC, so I don't have to continue to try to pronounce that shit. Thank you, BetMGM, for throwing her under the bus like she should be. Now, um, all that being said, every other fight on the card pretty much close to coin flips. In fact, we're going to go so far as to say the main event is the epitome of a fucking coin flip. They have even odds, pretty much. Frederick really? Duplessis and Sean Strickland. Bet MGM has Drickus Duplessis as a minus 105, Sean Strickland as a minus 115. So, right there, in order to make money on that fight, you got to bet a lot of fucking money to make anything. Not worth it. It's a literal coin flip. This is another one of those cards where there's so many coin flips on the card. If you're looking to make money off of betting, your best thing to do is go ahead and parlay a couple of different fights together. And that's going to be your best odds. But again, pretty standard for what we've seen in the past. Don't get me wrong. There's been a few outliers here and there, but... This is pretty standard what we're seeing out of the bookies lately is coin flips across the board, even though I think some of them are skewed because this week alone, pointing to almost every one of the Canadians as a favorite is a little bit fucking crazy. The only reason um, Burial didn't get the fucking nod on this is because of who he's fighting in Chris Curtis. And Chris Curtis is a fucking animal because he trains like fucking Strickland. They just want to fucking beat the shit out of people every day. That's it. They spar. So they're literally fighting in the gym every day. That's the only reason he's got the nod on this one. Otherwise, I think they would have given the nod to fucking Mark andre Burn. So those are the kind of odds we're looking at this week. Hopefully, um, when we come back in two weeks, the odds will be a little different. Maybe we'll get some wide skewed odds and you can make some crazy ass fucking bets for underdogs because it's always fun to do that. You know, when they're fucking... You got a fucking minus 600 fucking favorite and a plus 500 fucking underdog. You bet $100, the underdog wins. That's $500 in your fucking pocket. Just saying. It, it, there's money to be made out there on some of these, but this week is not it. I heard I heard the chair is pretty gnarly around the fry station, man. 
I don't know. Might be worth might be worth throwing a couple bucks at. Maybe. I mean, granted, hundred bucks on Petra, she wins. It'll still only net you three hundred. I yeah. guess it's kind of like hitting blackjack. <laughs> well, what are you gonna do? Thank you very much, though. Much appreciated, sir. So that would be the point in the show where if you're just listening to the all audio version, it might be a little more tricky to catch on. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll know by the terrifying gift that is now rolled across the screen that this is the point in the show where the haha cease and the uh-oh start, where the friendliness gets pushed aside and we get a little bit competitive, where we break things down to the nitty gritty and a little thing we like to call the pit. Now, originally, we had a different matchup scheduled. Luckily, we had two competitors willing to meet at a catch weight to keep the match rolling forward this evening. Uh, gentlemen, are you both ready for the pit? Ready as I'm going to be. Let's fucking do it. That's all we can ask for. So, Fresh, since it has been the longest since you were here, I will give you the prerogative. Would you like to go first or second? Uh, I mean, I'll make a pool of myself. Let's go first. What I like to hear. I like your gumption. (laughs) Fresh 03, we will kick things off with you then. So, sir, on every card, there is inevitably one card that when it, or excuse me, one fight rather, that when that fight starts, you just inevitably have to involuntarily make sure everyone within earshot is paying attention because this is going to be the one that lights the whole fucking building on fire. We like to call that the (laughs) fight of the card. Uh, which one, in your opinion, Fresh, is the can't-miss fight of UFC 297? Um, I mean, I'm probably going to give it to Dana White this time. Uh, I think it's the main event. I think it's probably your can't be. You have to be, you have to be sitting there watching this, because both these dudes love violence. Just absolutely love it. You got one dude who's going to be headhunting, and one guy who seems to get better as he gets headhunted so it'll be it'll be fascinating because i i really don't think either of these guys deserve to deserve to be in the in the position they're in on this on this particular pay-per-view so lord knows they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna go for it you know they're gonna try they're gonna try and prove it you know uh duplicis he's uh he's 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 something else I mean, besides being overtly racist and whatnot, um, like like I said, he seems like the more pe- the more people are taking their shots at him, the clearer he seems to think in his fights. Like he just he just seems to make better decisions the more he gets pounded on, and then you've got a guy who whose entire motivation is just walking forward and thro- walking forward and throwing and trying to throw as much damage as he can. So. Um, this is one of those fights where I think it'll be, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be dudes going, just absolutely fucking going for it. Because like I said, I, I think they both realize neither of them deserves to be in this position right now. And, you know, when you're in this position, you might as well try and get that fucking little white paper bag from Dana White sitting on the table. You might as well fucking go for it. You know, uh, this one's got, this one's got fight of the night written all over it. So. I, I look forward to it. I look, I'm looking forward to a bloodbath. It's been a while since I've seen a really good one. I hope this is it. I could definitely agree with that. I can definitely see that. <clears throat> so 
that'll bring us across the proverbial octagon here to uh, Mr. Golf Tee. So, Mr. Golf Tee, on every card, there is one that you just, without even thinking about it, have to make sure everybody in earshot is paying attention to because it's going to be the one that gets you amped. Which one for you is the, hey, mom, get in here, fight of UFC 297? I'm actually going to go a little farther down the card than the main event. Not that that's hard to do here, but uh, I'm actually going to go with the opening fight on the main card. Arnold Allen and Mavsar Evelov. That, those little featherweights, knowing what Arnold is capable of. Yes, we did watch him get made a fool of by fucking Max Holloway, but it's Max Holloway for a fucking reason. Um, But Arnold is no fucking slouch. He just ran into an immovable object. It just, it is what it is. Oh, Tom Sauer, on the other hand, he's been making some fucking major moves and looking good in there. So I think this little featherweight scrap and knowing that those featherweights don't get tired very easy, it's going to be a hell of a banger. And to be honest, with odds right now being a coin flip, but the odds makers are giving Mobsar a slight advantage in the odds. That tells me there could be some crazy, some craziness that fucking happens here. And to be honest, I'm here for it. It's when I think that those little bastards are going to th- throw and they're going to go. They're energizer bunnies. No stopping them until somebody's laid out or fucking tapping or sleeping. I, To be honest, I could see this fight ending. It, both of them can put people away. And if I'm betting money on it, I'm betting the underdog here and going Arnold. Because I think Arnold takes it away, ruins the hype train of Mobsar. Interesting. I could definitely see that as well. Definitely a valid point. We love me a little guy fight. Hell yeah. And uh, unfortunately here, TJ does have a bit of inside information, but we are going close scoring for this year, so we will uh, reveal scores at the end of round four if need be. Uh, so... Round two, flip that proverbial coin. Golf tee, you will go first here. For round two, if every card has a, hey, Bob, get in here, that means that there is also inversely one that is getting overhyped beyond belief, one that people won't stop talking about, and it's not going to be as good as a lot of people seem to think it is. Uh, Which, for you, is the overhyped fight of UFC 297? I'm going to the well here. I talked about it earlier, and I can't get it out of my mind. Jasmine Judah Vicious put Priscilla Cochera fucking... That fight should not be on this card. They shouldn't even be allowed to fight. In fact, Priscilla shouldn't even be in the fucking UFC anymore. There's no reason for this fight. This is They're literally serving up a healthy dose of, hey, let's get Canada fucking hyped. Let's just hand Jasmine a fucking easy walkaway victory. Chances are she'll probably fuck it up. I can definitely understand that as well. Um, I I don't know why, other than Jasmine being Canadian, that fight is even on this card. But uh, I I can definitely agree that's. And for whatever reason, there is a lot of hype. I've heard the vast majority of MMA journalists talk about that fight specifically this week. So I, I absolutely agree. It is well, well overhyped in my opinion as well. So I definitely give you credit there. 
So that kicks us back across the octagon here. So, Mr. Fresho 3, if there is one fight that everyone has to pay attention to on every card, that means, inversely, one gets way more shine than it deserves. Which fight is the overhype fight of 297 for you, sir? Um, so this is <clears throat> this is just based on what I've been seeing in the articles. And a lot of people are, are kind of tabbing this one as what they think it's going to be fight of the night. Um or, or a dark horse candidate for it. I don't know that Charles Jordan and Sean Woodson's going to be what they think it is. Um, you've got one guy who's really on the rise and you got another guy who's been a 50, 50 fighter the whole time he's been in the UFC. Um, I don't know that, I don't know that this is going to deliver the promise that they think it is. You know, you got, I mean, meter pointed it out early. You got one guy who's just going to, who's just going to kind of be goofing around. Um, you know, trying to put on trying to put on a show for the quote. I'm using your air quotes, hometown audience. Um, and you've got another guy who's going to be all fucking business. Uh, I don't think that this. I don't think that this is going to be a dark horse fight of the night. I don't think this is going to be up there's fight of the night. Um, I think I think Woodson is probably going to wood chipper him, and you know, it'd be like the end. Of, it'd be like the end of fucking Fargo. You know, the ref's going to be walking him out, and you know walking him out you know across the snowy field so i'm not sure i'm not sure why this is getting as much hype as it is um just you know just based on the just based on yeah you know, I, I suppose you know there's the off chance that charles jordan hits some wild shit and you know it, you know it's anybody every punch has a chance in the ufc so i suppose it's possible but i just i just don't i, I feel like he's getting fed to the wood chipper and i don't think this is going to be all that good of a fight I definitely understand that. As mentioned, I, I topped it earlier, so I can definitely understand your point of view on that one as well, sir. So that will bring us into round three here. Flip things back across, starting with Fresh 03. So for round three, it's not the co-main event that necessarily anyone asked for, but it is the one that we have got for this weekend. So better them doing something with it than leaving that belt vacant any longer in my opinion so at least now it's back in play and it kind of almost means something but Raquel Pennington versus Myra Buena Silva is our co-main event for the ladies current vacant bantamweight belt Presho 3 who do you think comes out this weekend with that strap on her shoulder <laughs> um I don't think anybody's a winner for this fucking fight being on the card. Um, just looking at this. Because uh, this is going to, uh, I know exactly how this is going to go. This is going to be a push against the fence jockey for position one person's gonna one person's gonna be holding the other one up it's gonna be gonna be another one of those fights this would be the bathroom break fight if i had to if i had to throw one of those out um neither of them deserve it um mayor buena silva because she, just because she's got a little bit more a little bit more momentum coming to this it seems that's the only reason. 
I think this is a, I think this is a push each other against the fence decision fight. My least favorite fight. Yeah, I I can definitely understand that. And I can definitely see that potential as well, unfortunately, but we will see. So that'll bring us back across the cage here. Galti, that brings us to you. It's not the one that we wanted. It's definitely not the one we deserve, but it's the one that we've got. Our co-main event this weekend is technically for a title fight. So assuming nothing ridiculously crazy happens, one of those ladies will have to leave that cage with a belt on her shoulder or around her waist. Who do you think is the one that gets it done? Oh, I can't I can't even Batman reference this because the, it's it's the one we've got, but it's definitely not the one we need. Look, if you're going to have women fighting for the title that is vacated, it should never be the number three and number two. It should be the current number one and number two in that weight class since the title was vacated by someone who retired, period. There shouldn't be a number two, number three situation. The other thing that we're going to add to this is there should not be somebody who had a fucking fight overturned because they failed a drug test. Meyer Silva should not be here. To her credit, she has made a decent run. But does not deserve to be here after failing a drug test. I'm 100% against that. But from the second they announced this fight... I was immediately rooting for fucking Raquel Pennington. Immediately. People who fail drug tests should not get an immediate title shot after they just failed the drug test. If you're not familiar with that situation, she subbed Holly Holm, right? That got fucking overturned because she failed a fucking drug test. I don't care what was drug test for. If you fail it, you don't get to fucking get a title shot. But here in the UFC, Dana White likes to fucking hand-deliver ignorance into easy spots. People who beat women. He likes to keep in the UFC because he is a woman beater himself. Fucking people who fail drug tests. Let's let them come back have title shots. John Jones. Barbara Buena Silva. How many more of these fucking things are we going to see out of this? This is an absolute stain on the UFC. And Raquel is on, I think, a five-fight win streak right now. Yeah, She deserves to be there. Absolutely deserves to be there. She's been around the fucking game for so goddamn long and a top 10 staple in the women's fucking division for I don't know how many fucking years. Wow. She's due. I hope she stomps a mu fucking mud hole in goddamn Meyer Buena Silva, walks that some bitch dry, gets it wet again, and then rewalks it dry a second time before they stop that fight. I hope she beats her so goddamn bad that she fails a drug test because fucking enzymes that have gone to her liver from fucking parts failure, causing her to just completely go off the fucking rails. Because that shit irritates me so much. That you get fucking gifted 
a shot at a title after failing it? No. Raquel Pennington all fucking day. I don't care if fucking Myra Buena Silva is decent on the ground. Rocky has been around for a long time. She's a crafty fucking veteran. She'll get the job done. It might not be the most interesting fight for everybody, but she'll get the goddamn job done. Not to mention, the former Marine. Those jarheads are pretty fucking tough. Yeah. Uh, point of clarity, I didn't say who I was rooting for in this fight, by the way. <laughs> I just said who I thought was going to win. Fair enough. Fair I, I, I want that point. I want that point clear. Point. <laughs> noted, noted for the record, sir. <laughs> Duly noted. All right. Well, that will bring us to round four then, and we will flip that proverbial cage back over again. Golf T, you get this one first. It is another not necessarily what anybody particularly wanted, not what a lot of people saw coming, but it is, again, what we've got, the title fight for the main event, the marquee in Toronto Saturday night. Sean Strickland, the current middleweight champion, as strange as that is to say, is taking on Drickus Duplessis, the number one contender, strange as that is to say, for the belt, and one of those men is leaving with gold. Who takes that strap home Saturday night, sir? Well, first, let me correct you. Drake Duplessis is not the number one contender. He's the number two contender behind Israel Adesanya. Right, he's the challenger. So, I'm just going to make that slight correction. If that costs me the point here, I don't give a goddamn. But we got to keep the fucking... The goddamn refs honest, fucking everybody honest here. Just saying, telling me there might be some skewed scorecards here just because uh, somebody's not paying attention to who's fucking ranked where. Goddamn solid motto over there. Now, um, <laughs> that, um, definitely not the first title defense I was expecting Strong Strickland to have. I was expecting immediate rematch with Izzy, but Izzy taking time off. Granted, he had other shit to get in line, like his fucking court date for his DUI and all of that shit in New Zealand. He's got all that shit straightened out. Good on him. Taking heat for it, whatever. But not the one you're expecting. And expecting, to be honest, even over this, I was expecting Alex Pereira to come back and try to fight Sean Strickland a second time. For it but you know here we are um sean and his philly shell fucking style that he has in mma which is fucking crazy because in theory that should not fucking work in mma but he somehow makes that shit work i mean he's styled on style bender he legitimately styled on him he made him look fucking foolish and across the way you got duplessis who swings for the fences with every goddamn punch he throws and I've been saying it since he fucking came into the UFC. And I say it every fight. One of these times, he's going to get tired swinging that fucking hard. But to my surprise, he never gets fucking tired. Which is absolutely fucking crazy as hard as he fucking throws. The best part of this fight, Fresh mentioned it earlier. This has a legitimate chance of being fight of the fucking night. Because these two guys, they just want to beat each other up. Then if you're watching the press conference, let's shake on it to fight to the death. Yeah, these two are going to beat the brakes off of each other. Somebody's going home in a fucking wheelchair after this. 
Probably because they won't be able to see straight. Not necessarily because of leg kicks, because neither one of them fucking throw many leg kicks. But there's going to be a whole lot of fisticuffs. This is going to be like 30-style boxing. I mean, what more could you fucking ask for in a main event to know that there are a lot of guys, like our younger guys, who watch and pay attention to the Cans and Contenders series, a la fucking Christian, who unfortunately not with us tonight, loves this kind of fight because he knows there's not going to be any wrestle humping. That's not in the fucking works in this fight. Unless Drickus has some weird, crazy fucking idea that maybe a takedown will work on Sean Strickland. I don't think that's going to happen. What I think is going to end up happening is Sean is going to try his damnedest to work that Philly shell. But one of Drickus's fucking heavy punches is going to sneak through and put him out. I think we see a legitimate South African champion. And I say legitimate being he trains in fucking South Africa. He's from South Africa and he's a South African citizen. No offense to Stylebender, but he doesn't train in South Africa. He doesn't live in South Africa. And you can't be a legitimate South African champion. South African champion right there. And you can't even, I can't say the first true African champion because he's not either. First true was Francis fucking Ngannou. I don't care what the Black Panther himself has to say about it. He ain't it. But I think Drake Duplessis gets it done. I think it's not going to be early. I think we're going to see it around late third, middle of the fourth. He's going to fucking end up knocking Son Strickland out. I don't think that Philly Shell is going to hold up with him. Not the way that um, Duplessis fucking marches forward and swings. Although Sean marches forward and swings too, so but he he doesn't swing hard. He just keeps going. He's kind of like uh he's like the Max Holloway of the middleweight division. I guess that's the easiest way to put that. Where he, he doesn't swing hard, but he'll piece you up. But I think that's gonna be that power factor and not getting tired in the pussy that makes the difference. Interesting. I can definitely see that being a possibility. Definitely. So That'll bring us back across the cage, as it were. Mr. Fresh 03, the gentleman's middleweight is on the line in our main event this weekend. Sean Strickland versus Drickus Duplessis. Two men enter, one man leaves. Who do you think comes out with gold, sir? Uh, so I mentioned it earlier. Um, Drickus Duplessis, he, he, it's uncanny what happens the further you push him like he just he just stays calm and he sees things and he just keeps throwing that thunder um so sean strickland i'm 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 rooting for you man but i don't think you i don't think you got this one quite frankly i think you're i think you're i'm i'm with i'm with tj on this one i think it's somewhere somewhere in the third maybe fourth that you're just going to get caught and it's you're running into a you're running into a guy who could who could you could tell him hey you need to go punch this mountain down and he would sure shit give it a try and you would go and have to drag him away four hours later because he'd still be out there throwing as hard as he could it's i think this one i think this one has this one this one could be one of the more entertaining fights of the year quite frankly just because this is this is 
this is no nonsense. This is two dudes who really, really, really like to beat the shit out of people going after each other. Two dudes who like to walk forward and they're going to be walking forward into each other. And it's going to be fucking fantastic. Um, I think the power, I think the power game of Duplicis is going to make the, is going to make the difference. Um, because it, like I said, the more punishment he seems to take, the more he seems to, the clearer he seems to think and the more measured he seems to get, you know, he's like, okay, that's how you're throwing that shot. Okay. I can watch it coming the next time. And I'm going to try and do this. Granted, I don't, he's never fought anybody who, who has quite this fighting style of, but it's going to be, I think it's going to be, I think this is going to be probably the most entertaining fight on the card. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I think this is probably the one where you're calling Ma back from the kitchen. Hey, you got to see this shit. Um, because these two are these two are legitimately going to beat the shit out of each other, and maybe we get a maybe we get a picture of them in the hospital together, racing wheelchairs, just because they're not done. Um, that's the that's that's what I think the entertainment factor of this match is going to be. I think Duplicis walks out with the with the belt, but I think we're all the winners for this fight happening. May not be the fight that anybody expected, or especially at this point, like nobody nobody really expected this to be the the fight. On two on two ninety seven, but I mean these two are these two are sure shit gonna give it their damnedest, and some it's it's gonna be fucking magnificent. Interesting. I can definitely appreciate that point from both of you. Uh, I'm probably uh, amongst the minority here. Uh, I think it's gonna actually go the other way. I think Drickus is not going to be able to get past that Philly shell and he hasn't worn down yet because he hasn't thrown as many missed punches as I think Strickland's going to make him. And we all know that missed punches take more energy than connecting punches. And if you miss so many times swinging as hard as you can, even an ice cream cone shaped motherfucker like Drickus can start running low on gas. And I think if Strickland can maintain that shell, like, like TJ mentioned, going into deep waters i think drickus might start to have to struggle a little bit and we've seen strickland be able to hold that fucking composure all the way through so i think strickland might might surprise everybody but i agree it's going to be a damn good fight one way or the other it's going to be a barn burner that's for sure Plus, so, Drickus, Dr the way drickus is he might throw a couple punches at the ref just to maintain some energy there's a possibility for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said uh, closing out round four, we have a tie. Me and you nine, always tie So that means we go to a round five sudden death overtime winner take all because TJ already knew my plans for this one. We're not doing that. Damn it. I had a question. <laughs> That's he was why ready. we're not doing that. That's right. He was already trying to cheat, so I'm cutting his cheating off with cheating of my own, goddammit. Uh, so Dirtiest player in the game. Woo! Because Fresh 03 got to choose who went first for the questions. TJ, I will let you choose the order for this final question here, and Fresh 03 will get to choose both of your fates. Well, that's the case. Um... I'll go ahead and make a fool of myself first this time. He can go ahead and choose the fates. All right. So, Golf Tee, you will go first. Fresh number one through four for your Post-it of Destiny. 
Number three. Ooh, you know, you know what Fresh Oak Threes has to pick. I, I assumed, but I, I wanted to let you say it. <clears throat> All right. This is a good one, too. All right. So, oh. Golf Tee, you're up first, sir. What would your walkout song be? Should you get the call tomorrow morning from Dana White? You are in Saturday. You have a first-class ticket waiting for you to fly to Toronto tomorrow afternoon. What is your walkout song, sir? I got it. I want to kill. want to kill. want to see blood and guts and veins in my teeth. I want to kill. Give me Arlo Guthrie and Alice's Restaurant. <laughs> nice. Long as fuck, because why not? I only got one chance to make them play something that fucking ridiculous. I'm going to do it. And there's a spot in there talking about killing. So, you know. He made it coming out to his 27-minute walkout. That's right. Gonna take the <laughs> gonna slowest fucking that. walk yeah. to the octagon ever. <laughs> I was going to say, he's going to make John Silva's walk look like a run. <laughs> he's doing a couple laps around the arena, stopping, shaking some hands. Right. Good posing shit. for some selfies. I like right, it. Well, that brings us back across the proverbial octagon to you here, Fresh 03. What? would your walkout song be should you get the call tomorrow morning you're flying to toronto you're in uh i had a couple seconds to think about this so um a band youtube recently introduced me to within the last six months or so and thank you youtube i mean i missed out on them by about three years but uh i would go with uh electric callboy pump it just because the beginning People would have no fucking idea what's going on. And then the second that it hits, then I come strutting out. Then I come strutting out. And then you get about halfway through the song and it goes back into it goes back into the nice kind of poppy song. I can stop, do a little hopping on my toes, you know, pose pose for some selfies, you know, go sit on the ring girl's lap, that sort of thing. And then I can and then I, you know, the drop hits again and I can go and try and rip the fucking door off the cage. It's a nice, it's nice about three minute walkout after TJ's 27 minute walkout. You know, we got to keep, we got to keep it, you know, we got to keep things fucking moving. So yeah, I'm going to go with electric cowboy pump it. Very nice. Very nice. I've got to say uh, both good answers. Um, very difficult decision. Uh, not as not, much not, as for, not would... for me. TJ, TJ's got the best fucking idea in the world. I, I was going to say, as much as I would absolutely love to see TJ just Queen of England make his way all the way down the walkout at a pace that would make Deontay Wilder jealous, uh, there is something to be said about the perspective of Fresh potentially halfway through his walkout hopping on a ring girl's lap for a selfie real quick that I just can't get out of my head now and it's making me giggle while I'm thinking about it. <laughs> so I have to give the point for round five and the win here to Mr. Fresh 03. Congratulations, sir. Well played. I didn't well I didn't played. deserve that at all. I didn't deserve that at all. But, sealed the deal, sir. I that but I will I, I will stuck. I will take it. I don't deserve it, but I will take it. Um <laughs> not a, I'm not above taking things I don't deserve. So <laughs> hats off to you, good sir. Well, very well done. Very a, well that done. That would be a great fucking entrance. So 
You can get anything you want in Alice's restaurant. Right, that would be so fucking hilarious. <laughs> but then, you know, I'm stopping halfway through and doing the aerobics moves from Perfect, like just in the at the ring girl's face. I forgot to describe right. that too. See, maybe I maybe I can get one of them to hop up and do it with me. There's you a know. good chance. There's then good I would chance be. Then you would be the, like the favorite person ever. Like that's, like in the history of ever. Yeah, you're you're locked in your Hall of Fame for sure for that. Exactly. Idea. First ballot. <laughs> Yep. First ballot, yeah. Dana's gonna keep you coming back just for the entrance. Like I'll go, yeah. I'll go, ca- I'll go, ca- I'll go cash a ten grand check to get my face punched in. I'm going down the first round every time. But me and the me and the ring girls gonna be up on the side of it, just swiveling our pelvises around a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Well played, both of you, gentlemen. Uh, Mr. Fresh 3 congratulations on your win. Uh, if people would like to find some more of your wonderful entertainingness, where can they find you, good sir? Uh, on Saturday mornings, youtube.com slash fresh03. Uh, we do some DIY mixing, teach you how to make some bathtub e-liquid. Um, talking about all those things they don't want you to don't want you to know about, talking about government conspiracies, how the man is out to get you. You do have a bug in your molar as we speak. Uh, make sure you come over. Uh, Trump 2024, only one man deserves to win this election. Uh that's how you get popular on YouTube, right? That's what I heard. And Saturday mornings, I, we also do the morning wake-up routine. So that's when I get up and I show you my makeup routine. And I show you how I make my spinach smoothies. And what else do, what else do influencers do now? Avocado toast. Wait a minute, no, that's yeah. a couple of years old. Avocado avocado toast isn't bad. Mm. You just got to so, throw like some really, really hot shit peppers on them. But anyway. Anyway, none of that shit actually happens except for the bathtub e-liquid. Except for the bathtub e-liquid. And your teeth are probably okay. Much appreciated, sir. And for yeah, those of okay. you just listening, uh, all the freshest links will be down in the description as well, whether you're listening to this or you're catching it on YouTube as well. Um, that being said, when we wrap things up around here, that is not the end of the fun because, fingers crossed, tomorrow morning, just like most Friday mornings, you can catch our missing cohort, uh, Christian, and his other half, Vin Dog the Booty Hog, and their podcast talking about all things the Slow Bake and Contemplate podcast over there on Spreaker.com. Uh, their links and their link to their channel on the I'm No Joe Discord server as well down in the descriptions as well. But that is not the end of things because we wrap things back around in the middle of the week. Everybody's favorite day, hump day, hump day, hump day. That guy's channel right there over on the Golf Tea Vapes YouTube channel, 9 o'clock p.m. Central Time-ish. We do a little thing called the Foggy Fairway. We talk a little shit. We talk a little advocacy. We make a little bathtub e-liquid. We have a good fucking time. Come hang out. Kick it. It's good fun. I promise you. Yep. It's one of the best shows on the YouTubes. You're not watching. You're missing. I appreciate it. Now... Because he forgot to mention himself, I got to do it for him. Short-term memory, can't tell who's um, sitting number one and number two contender spot. So we got to make sure Sal Diamato's got his shit in check over here. Uh, Meteor actually does multiple things. In fact, he does many things, some would say. So if you go down below, there's a link, link tree slash. The Meteor does many things. You can also use link tree slash I'm no Joe. That will take you to all of the many things that the meter does do. So if you get a little bored, I'll click the links, find out all of those many things that he does do, and see how many times you can have watch him have a brain fart. 
it's a good time. It happens. Best one halfway through that. a meter, halfway through the, a meter rant needs to take it needs to take a little little brain clarity, and then he forgets what he was doing. Right, train goes all off. You see him wander off, and he starts gardening. And you're like, dude, you were just talking about the wheels falling off your car. I don't. You were talking about what was grinding your gears. <laughs> what the fuck do I give a shit about your carrot patch? But it does happen. But you know, thank you very much. Thank you very much for the promo, sir. Much appreciated. Uh, my links as well as everybody's links, as we mentioned, down in the description, whether you are watching us live pretty much every Thursday, there are fights to talk about over on youtube.com slash I'm no Joe, or you're catching this the week after it airs in the all audio format, anchor.fm slash I'm no Joe and your podcast consumption platform of choice. Either way, <laughs> if you like what we get up to around here, please give us a thumbs up, make sure you're subscribed wherever you're getting this and you have your notifications turned on so you don't miss an episode. On the opposite side of that coin though, if you're here and you don't like what we get up to, first and foremost, why the fuck are you hanging out this long in a podcast you didn't enjoy? Give us a thumbs down and then go fuck yourself. We won't even dispute it. That being said, that is all we've got for this particular episode. Thank you very much for all of you who do like what we get up to around here and are sticking around. We do appreciate you. That's all for tonight. Remember, until next time, boys and girls, don't let ignorance stop you. You can root for anything.